Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, today we're going to talk about being created for good works. Created for good works. As always, I want to thank Pastor George and Suzanne for the opportunity to stand in the pulpit. And I just don't take it lightly ever. And I'm believing that you're going to be impacted by this, by this word today. So as we come now the week after Easter, right? We had last week, and everybody knows the CEOs were there. And I hope for CEOs who are Christmas and Easter only people, right? You know, that's what CEOs are. I hope for those people to become every day sold out for Jesus people every time they come. I'm not mad. Come, please. But I want you to be an everyday sold out for Jesus person when you come in contact with him. And that's what I'm believing for. Out of all the different ministries and churches that met last week and all the hands that were raised, prayers that were prayed, meetings that were had, believing that there are long-term disciples that are coming out from the fruit of last week. And so with that in mind, I want to speak about this subject of being created for good works because salvation is bigger than a one-time event. It sets in motion God's saving work in and through our lives, okay? It's more than that one time. It's setting in motion what he wants to do. And I want to take you guys in Scripture to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So follow along with me here as we read the word. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, everybody say, but God. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Here's our key verse today, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should do what? Say it one more time. I'm quite sure I heard you. That we should what? Oh, we shouldn't just observe them as something that can be, maybe possibly, but we should actually walk in them. Because you see, this thing is this. God does an amazing and powerful work of bringing us to life spiritually as a new creation in Christ to free us to what he's created us for. Okay? He does that amazing work not just to say, all right, done, cool, let me send you up to heaven, but to release us then to do what we were created to do in glorifying him. So we're going to be talking about that today. And here's the deal. We can't walk in good works to get saved, but we are called to walk in good works because we are saved. Okay? You're not going to work yourself into salvation or make God love you more. Make God say, now you got a spot. Here's your jersey. Okay? All over the sports world, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get on a team. You're trying to make the cut. You cannot make the cut. Oh, gosh, that's so discouraging. No, it's encouraging because guess who already made the cut? Jesus. 
and then makes a way that you get to receive by grace through faith. But then he, he doesn't say, hey, okay, now just go ahead and go sit on that bench and don't actually do anything. He actually says, now let's start walking in the good works I've created you for. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we need to be concerned with God's continuing work in our lives. Again, verse 10, let me highlight it. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, remember that word workmanship. It's going to be a real focus today, and we're going to wrap it up at the end with something really important about that word. So we're called to walk in these good works. So let's look at this. There are three areas of God's work in our lives that we're going to look at today. All right? Three areas. Number one, growing in the Lord. Okay? Growing in the Lord. Two, glorifying the Lord. Glorifying the Lord. And number three, going for the Lord. That's some of what we were talking about in that video just a minute ago. Going for the Lord. So again, growing in the Lord glorifying the Lord, and going for the Lord. You know, I like a little alliteration, all you English people. Give me a high five after church. So let's talk about this first one, growing in the Lord. You see, one of the challenges we face, because of the fact that salvation is a free gift by the grace of God, we think somehow that then we do nothing, okay? So we get lazy Christians. I'm going to say it again because I don't think everybody heard me. Because of the fact that salvation is a free gift received by the grace of God, we come in and we think somehow we're not supposed to do anything, so then we get lazy Christians. Okay? You know, I'm, God, it's fine. God knows I'm dust. I keep on doing this same old sin. It's fine. No, not fine. You know, I, I could go speak to my neighbor. I could go pray for that person. I could go love on that person. I could take more time, parents, to prepare myself to disciple my kids. But, you know, it's fine. God remembers we dust. We just dust. So just... Go over here and eat this candy bar and watch TV. We get lazy Christians. Instead of realizing that you've been enlisted. You've been enlisted as a soldier in the army of God. Okay. Don't get weird about it. It's spiritual warfare. Okay? Whether you're a 2A person or not, you're in the army of God for spiritual warfare. Okay? We're not worried about whether you guys can handle guns physically. I mean, some of y'all might want to, you know, get the little gun safe. I got all my hunters out there. Hey, what's up? All the hunters. And I am happy when you guys kill stuff. I mean, I'm here to serve you by eating some of it. Same thing I tell the fishermen, public service announcement, bro, bring a bag. I'm not going to get on the boat with you probably anymore, but bring a bag, bro. Unfrozen, fresh, fillets. Just debone it for me. I mean, make my work easy, man. I just want to slice that thing up and get it into the oven or the pan, whatever you got, bro. Just, just say it. Fryer. We'll make it happen. But we're called to a work. So this is this thing. This is what it's called. Sanctification is the Lord's work of perfecting us. That's what we're engaging in, right? We're justified by grace through faith, but then we have this walk of sanctification, and it's the Lord perfecting us. And here's the deal. Our submission to that work is how we walk out our faith. Our submitting to that sanctification work is how we walk out our faith. Oh, that, Lord, okay, I got to adjust that. I got to stop. Okay, Lord, I got to stop that. Okay, I got to pick up that. Start doing that. As the word calls us to actually put on Christ. So there's effort that's required in this process of this walk of faith because we're being sanctified and perfected by the Lord. 
And let me hit you with one here. Jesus didn't come to comfort you and accept you in your sin. He came to call you out of your sin to be received and loved as a child of God. This is the big confusion that we're dealing with in our culture today. If you're wondering why the dulling of the senses and more and more and more things are being called okay and not sin. Let me help you. Some of you guys who struggle with the love and the, and the truth and the grace thing. Listen, you calling sin, sin is not hateful. It doesn't mean you're a hater. When someone tells you, if you don't come grab my flag or you don't get on my agenda and say, yes, 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 for what I stand for, you're not loving. I'm going to tell you now they are not speaking the truth. They're speaking what they feel. They're speaking what they would like things to be, but that is not truth. The fact of the matter is Jesus doesn't say, hey, come as you are, stay as you are. It's fine, baby. Just keep doing what you do. You do you, I'll do me, and it's all good. That's not what he says. You, you realize what he said to that woman after she was caught in adultery? Anybody remember? Go and what? Oh, y'all read your Bible. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, girl, it's all good. I understand. It's been a struggle. You know, the situation is what it was, and I know how you came up, and it's been difficult. So, you know, just it's fine. I'll see you next week. Don't think about my word and what my spirit wants to do in your life. Just come back next weekend. Don't be convicted by the Holy Spirit to change. Just come back next Sunday. It's fine. And you got too many pastors scared to speak and preach the word because they're afraid you won't come back next week. It's one of the things that has always just made me just love Pastor George. We don't agree on every little detail. But you know what I've loved? One of the things is he don't really care. I was like, we can ride with, we can ride with you. You don't care. Oh, and someone said, no. Jesus didn't care. And by that I mean, he cares for your soul, but he didn't care if you approved of what he was saying. Come on now. I mean, I got a row of kids over here, a couple of them out doing other, they're serving and whatever else. Listen, when I know something is for the best of my kids, I'm not wildly concerned as to whether they like it. You know, here's, here's the crazy thing, because about 24, 23 to 25, if Dr. Matt Cassio was in here, he, he would tell you the same thing. About 23 to 25, when the frontal lobe finishes completely developing, your parents become incredibly wise people. You know they didn't change, though. <laughs> you know they didn't change. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So it's really Okay. Okay, there, there's, there's stuff I love now. Kylas has hit, hit 20. I was like, oh, my God, I have a 20-year-old. And there's stuff in his life where he's like, man, I remember. I was like, Dad was not feeling it. When you used to tell me I had to do this and this and I had to go here and I got corrected on this and disciplined for this. But now it's like, eh, okay, I get it. He, he'll, he'll have another, I'll probably get even wiser. About when he turns 23, 24, I'll probably get even wiser by that point, man. You know, his mom, oh, my God, my mom is a store of wisdom. But, but the fact of the matter is, again, again, Jesus calls us out. What does it say in 1 Peter um, 
chapter 114 to 16, it talks about being holy. It says, well, be holy as he who called you is holy. There's an aspiration of holiness, which is graced by the Holy Spirit for us to walk in, that we need to receive. Here's what John Owen, the old, old Puritan, said. I love this quote. Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. Just let that sink in. Just let it get right in there. Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. How do we kill it? By the grace of God, by obedience to the word of God, by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and submitting ourselves to the sanctification process that the Lord is doing in our lives. Then we're going to the next place and the next place. And what does the word say about us? We're going and we're having revealed from one glory to another to another because he is continuing to do a work, which the word says he does not stop until the day of Jesus Christ. At which point comes that last part, justification, sanctification, however long you live, and then glorification where we're free from sin in his presence. But we got to deal with it while we're here. But trust me, saints, we got to be about killing that sin and getting it out of our lives so that we can be an example of Christ and glorify him in all things. Here's another one for you. You won't be sinless, but you can sin less. Let that one, just, just let it get down in there. You won't be sinless, but you can sin less to the glory of God. 1 John 2, 1 says, as my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The call for us is to turn from sin, but we're human beings. We will probably sin before we leave the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you with me, Miss Annie Bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cutting me off and don't even say nothing. What? That's like my joke. My joke all the time. Where's Sherman? Sherman in here? My friend Sherman Merrick's posts anything he wants to on social media. <laughs> there's sometimes there's things that I just want to slide over to him. His DMs is like, hey, bro, can you post that? Because I'm a pastor, so I can't post that. Real talk. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest, kids. Just being honest. Hey, bro, can you go ahead. You do it. You do it. Because I can't. If I say it, that's going to be bad. <laughs> if I do it, Pastor George is going to be calling. Hey, hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I wish I was joking. All right, Romans 13, 14. <laughs> Romans 13, 14 says this. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I'll leave you with this on this particular point. What are you doing in your life to make no provision for your flesh to sin? Is it avoiding certain places? Is it dealing with a relationship properly that you need to? Are you somebody who, who, who came out of a lifestyle of alcoholism or is it in your family and you can't ever have another drop, not even in your house? Is it certain people that you just need to know, I forgive them, but we're probably not going to ride in the same boat together just because we're kind of like oil and water, so we, 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 we rub each other the wrong way until the Lord does something different, until I forgive you, I bless you, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm keeping this thing together. As my friend in Virginia would say sometimes, I ain't all the way like Jesus yet. I'm not all the way purged yet, so I want to make sure that I don't cause myself to sin. There's certain websites you don't need to go to. Some of y'all need to install some software to keep your eyes and your heart right. 
away from the sin and pornography that this culture wants to throw upon us every moment that they can. Parents, you need to watch some of the shows that you, you think are just super innocent, that there's an agenda being pushed into your children. Then they turn around with questions. You're like, I don't know how those got there. I can tell you how, if, you, if you'd like. Are we making provision for the flesh, or are we making provision for the Spirit of God to do a work? Be encouraged. All right, let's move on a little further. Glorifying the Lord is our next one. I'm going to read you two scriptures first and then dig into this. 1 Corinthians 10.31, one of my favorites, says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all, everything, to the glory of God. My second one for you is in Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24, says this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Our lives are created to glorify God. And in that process, it is always for our good. Here's, here's a point for you. Anything that we do is to be done to glorify the Lord. Anything. It's pretty general because it is general. It covers everything. There's not an extra life that you get to live outside of the kingdom in which I get to do certain things for me and certain things for he. That's not proper English, but you know it rhymes. There's not this like, I get to do this stuff, which is not churchy stuff, and I can kind of conduct myself and act however I want, do whatever I want, use my money however I want, but then over here, you know, we crank up the holy meter. There is no split. Brooke uh, Ligertwood, I think is how you say her last name from, from uh, Hillsong back in the day said this, there is a myth of the sacred secular split. There isn't one. It's all sacred. It's all sacred. You don't get a Jesus break. Say it over here. You don't get a Jesus break. I don't get to go fish, play basketball, work out, and be like, ah, I'm going to hit it on hold. You don't get to pull up your streaming and say, I'm going to put it on hold. Jesus, wait out. You want a drink? I'm going to leave you in the lobby, and then we're going to do what we do, and we'll be back. That's the lives of a lot of Christians. Hey, Jesus, if you'll, I'll make you comfortable. Here's a recliner. Here's an espresso. You can chill right here. I'm going to go in here and do something else, which doesn't glorify you, and then I'll be back. Uh, uh, come on, it's truth, right? That's why it's quiet, because it's uncomfortable. Jesus, you sit out here and wait. I'll make you comfortable. If you'd like a cheeseburger, I can have it come in, Uber Eats, DoorDash, whatever. You chill, and I'm going to go do me, and then I'll be back, and I want you to receive me and clean me back up because of, oh, see? See, when you say it, isn't it different when you say it? When you say it, I was talking with Dr. Matt the other day as we were preparing some stuff for uh, youth ministry on Wednesday night, and I said, you know, it would be a whole different game if we actually said the words out loud that we meant, okay? We got all these terms that they're giving us in our culture. If we would say, ma'am, I know it's been difficult to this point, and you didn't expect this pregnancy, but we could ease everything if, we, if you let us kill the baby. I'm, it shouldn't take but less than an hour. We'll kill the baby, and we'll make sure that you have no more problems. So you good if we kill the baby? Everybody's like, oh, why are you saying kill the baby? I'm just saying the facts. So in the same way, oh, God, you know, 
you're Lord and all, but this 30% of stuff I really like for me, like I'd really like to have full reign over my checkbook and do whatever I want with it. So if you could just get your hands off, Jesus. We're still cool. I got that Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt. If you got that, that's fine. Just make sure he's Lord. Because he's not looking for homies. He's looking for sons and daughters who receive him as Lord. There you go. <laughs> Glorifying him in all things. So there's no place left untouched by his lordship. So the question that I want to present to you and that we got to ask ourselves today is, what do I do that I have not yet submitted as worship unto the Lord? What do I do, you, me, what do we do that we have not yet submitted as worship to the Lord? You know, it's so interesting. I had a conversation with somebody about this very thing probably about a month ago. And they're like, you know, we just didn't even look at this. I think it was with money. We just weren't even thinking that. This is, just, this is our money. This is our stuff. This is what we do. But you see, you forget what the word says is this. You're not your own, for you're bought with a price. So you actually don't have any money anymore. You don't have a car. You don't have a yard. You don't have, you don't have really anything. Now, that sounds, like, that sounds like, oh, gosh, I got nothing. No, but you receive it all as inheritance under your Lord, who is also your Father, who graciously gives you all things. You see, that's what the prodigal son missed. He didn't realize he had it all right there at home. He just didn't open his eyes. Because remember, when he came back and his brother was mad, right? Not going to lie, I might have been his brother. I was like, Pops, check it. This dude has been out here with prostitutes, wasted all the money, got the account on negative, okay? And then he called you up for an Uber to get back here. And then after he got back with the Uber, was like, Dad, you got any cash? Uh oh, he didn't even have to ask. Oh, you already made the fatted calf and a big old feast and put a robe. And you went to the jewelry store and had me a ring, man? Oh, love you, Daddy. But the brother who was home was like, uh, Dad, this guy, this son of yours, <laughs> Not my brother, the son of yours, wasted your money, went off here with these prostitutes and this crazy living he lived, and then comes back here, and you made him all this? You threw down, you called the caterer? Man, you didn't even kill a goat for me. I asked you for that cheeseburger, and you didn't even do that. But he said, son, remember it, all I have is yours. And I sat there, you read that, and you're like, oh, my God, how many of us sit there in the kingdom of God, in God's house, as children of God? And he says, all I have is yours. What are you doing? At nothing, actually. If you want to answer the question, you're not doing anything with what he has given you to glorify him. So if you're a business owner, get after it. All that he has is yours to be multiplied to glorify him. If you work for somebody else, go into your employer's workplace and say, hey, man, what can we do to make this place even better? Improve it. Parents, go home and see, how can I train and teach and raise up my kids, build godly, good, beautiful, loving memories with them? How can I do all of that? Why? Because it's to glorify the Lord, and it's going to be by default to my good. Because guess what? God hasn't forgotten anything. He hasn't forgotten anything. 
So he knows what you need before you even ask. So when you pursue glorifying him in all things, trust me, you get the goods along with it. You ever buy something and you get extra stuff with it that like came free? Yeah, you know, see Courtney's over here smiling. She's like, yay, free stuff. I love it. So my wife just bought all, she's, I, I always joke with her, I, I say, you're always buying snake oil. Like she's buying stuff that doesn't really work. I say that, but then actually I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my, I'm like a normal man, okay, if, it, if it's on me to go to the doctor or take medication or take vitamins, suck at it. <laughs> I might just die if it wasn't for her. And she's like, what, oh, those four pill? Okay, good. And that little powder and that juice? Okay, cool. All right. And we're all laid out. So she bought this whole set of skincare products. And I was like, where'd you get that thing from? That looks expensive. She goes, oh, I got it. It was a, it was a bonus because I bought this. I was like, well, praise God. <laughs> praise God for the bonus. I'm into the bonus for sure. But listen, in the kingdom of God, you have much more than just that one little bonus. You have everything he has is here for you to what? To grow and to glorify him. So be about it, Christian. Be about it. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go to this last one. Y'all watch out because the evangelist is about to start shooting me down or shouting me down over here, Franco, on this last one. You know he's going to get all excited and start recruiting y'all after church after I preach this next section. This is called going for the Lord. <laughs> going for the Lord. See, we testify of what's been done in our lives as those transformed to glorify God while loving and impacting others. Okay? So out of the transformed life, because we've turned from sin, repented, submitted to the sanctification process, knowing that then we're supposed to be glorifying God in all of our actions, all of our ways, all of our work, we then say, now, God, we're called to go for you. What does it say in Matthew 28, 18 to 20? Is it up there? Yep. Go ahead and read with me on three. One, two, three. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Look at your neighbor and say, go. Look at your other neighbor. Tell them, go. 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 Here it is. We're called to make disciples of Jesus through our lives made new in Christ to advance God's kingdom. You're not supposed to take your toys and go home. Just enjoy them all by yourself. It's so that the family will grow, which is why I'm a firm believer. Just obey the simplicity of Genesis. If you're able physically, have lots of kids, man. That's another one separate. Married couples, get to it. Um, because each of those kids is another image bearer, expression of God's glory. We've gotten so twisted from the world, it's like, if I feel like it, maybe these accessories can be added to my toolkit. No, these are image bearers of God to glorify him. Your kids aren't a burden, they're a blessing. Come on, church. They're not a burden, they're a blessing. Feel like it sometimes, want to punch them sometimes. 
or you, or like they like we had a home project going the last couple of days at I am still sore. I'm 46. I'm sore. I am sore. That's my boys. I was like, man, you guys sore? And they're drinking Gatorade in the kitchen. Like, no, really. I was like, because you're not 46. <laughs> but my boys brought that labor. If I was there by myself, oh my God, I would not be here. Hey, pastor, I made a mistake. I can't preach on Sunday. <laughs> I'm dying. But your kids, again, your kids are a blessing. They're a blessing. So the Lord, think even more so, wants those lost to be redeemed. Those lost to be found. Those who are out there estranged. If you go back in that chapter that we just read, remember we're keying in on verse 10 of Ephesians 2. If you go to verse 13, it says, You who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The Lord wants us near him. He looks out and just like Jesus, it says, looked with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They needed to come home. That's what the Lord wants for us, to come and be his vessels which are able because, again, we've submitted to this life that he's given us. We've experienced and now freely we've received, just like he told the disciples when he first sent them, now go and freely give. Listen, man, you don't have to be so, listen. Because I'm on this message, I'm going to use Franco again. You don't have to be this guy. Like, he gets into places that I don't understand how he gets into. Like, sometimes I'm just like, hey, man, just walk, and I'm going to follow you because you get in. For some reason, you get in there. I know why, honestly. It's, it's because he's called in these places. But at a moment's notice, if I tell him in 10 minutes, we have three sports teams worth of people. We got five, ten business owners, and they need the gospel and four points to just light them up, he'll be ready, and he's going to get after it. That might not be you, and that's okay. Can you give somebody a glass of water? Can you, can you carry a bag for somebody who is going to then go deliver the message to the 70, 100 people? Are you, are, you in, are you in medicine? Can you serve somebody to their physical needs? Are you a prayer warrior? Can you go lay hands on people? Come on. Can you hand somebody a plate of food? Can you sign up on Wednesday night in youth ministry to serve the kids back there with Pastor Jamie? Self-serving, I know. What can you do? Something, I guarantee you, to be a blessing to go because this whole process of making disciples is super important. And then in the process, again, I told you I was going to key in. One of the things I love really in working with Franco is that he's not one of those guys. Um, what, what, what did you always say, Pastor Ron? Blow in, blow up, blow out. Some people who are the guest speaker or the evangelist. You know, blow in the door, blow it all up, and then just leave. Franco is passionate about disciples, which is what our house is about. So when we get that person come in, it's not, ah, job done. No, here's a book, here's the Bible, let's sit down. When do you want to meet? We got to talk about what this is that we're actually walking out. Because guess what? What we just talked about in the first two sections today is where those people need to go. To growing in the Lord and to glorifying the Lord. So that then they get up and they go for the Lord. So again, another person comes in, they grow in the Lord, they're glorifying the Lord, and we say, you got to go for the Lord. All three work together. He's not called us to sit on what we have and not share it. But again, what does it say? Making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. But what's the beautiful part? 
Behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you in this process. This is not something we do on our own. He's with us in this process. So again, let's continue to partner with the Lord in missions, in acts of kindness done in Jesus' name, in discipleship. Let's continue to partner. And if you've been slack on these areas, you know what? Lord, help me. It's time to step up. It's time to step up in the area of what am I doing to be involved in missions? Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's actually going on a trip. Maybe it's going and serving somebody else who's going to go and do a trip. Acts of kindness. What can I do to have an act of kindness given forth in Jesus' name to bless somebody? Because as the word says, if you've done it to one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. Come on. That's why I tell you, if you are going to do an act of kindness, don't let it be out of pressure. You would honestly, okay, let me be real with you. You'd be better off driving by the guy who has a need if you're going to do it out of guilt. If you're going to do it just out of guilt, guess I have to. What you need to do is submit that to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me glorify you as I give to somebody and bless somebody. Find out what it is that they have need of. How about commit to the long term? That's a little messier. Because sometimes I could give you a five and say, don't talk to me again. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't speak to me. I don't want to see you again. But what about, hey, let me walk this process with you. And listen, there's going to be ups and downs, man. There's people coming to my mind right now who they didn't stay the course. A couple right now that were fairly recent that breaks my heart that I'm like, ah. but I still believe the Lord is able. Holy Spirit can convict. He can do a work. Some plant, some water, God gives the growth. I'm believing him in this process, all right? But we are called to go. We are called to go. So again, grow, glorify, go. Grow, glorify, go. Now I want to spend a little bit of time on this word workmanship. Like I told you guys, keep a little pin on that one. The Greek word for workmanship is poema. Poema, meaning that which has been made, a work, or of the works of God as creator. This is also where we get our word poem, okay? Our English word poem comes out of this word. So quite literally, we are God's masterpiece that he's created to be continually enjoyed, a masterpiece is never like, oh, okay, cool, we're done. You know, I got Dana amen in me over here. There's a picture that she made, an absolutely beautiful picture that she drew for my wife. When she, one of the kids, we've had six children, one of the kids, and then she was pregnant with one of them. <laughs> drew this beautiful picture, and I just stood there, actually. I had never looked at all the little detail that she made. Thanks again, sis. Beautiful. Um, and she made this picture, and I was like, man, that's beautiful. I just stood in my house upstairs looking at this thing, and I was like, wow, that was amazing that she was able to just put that all together, draw it, and it was purposeful and had words and scripture, all this stuff in there. So we, in our house, it's hanging on the wall. We get to enjoy that masterpiece again and again. We didn't just say, you know what, Dana, good shot. I'm going to go ahead and throw it in the shredder. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and toss this in the trash. They'll be here tomorrow. No, we, we, we put that up on the wall because it's a masterpiece to be enjoyed. How much more the life of man and woman to be enjoyed because we are God's masterpiece, his workmanship. I want you to take a look up here. Let's, let's look at the Sistine Chapel. Look at that. Um, back before we had children, we took what we called our BC trip, before children trip. Um, it was when we were getting ready to 
start the process of, of adding babies to our house. And uh, so we went on a seven-country, three-week tour of Europe. That's when we didn't have kids. And we didn't have to feed them. <laughs> so we're like, we're going in with a bang. So it was an amazing trip. Got to meet a bunch of people from all over the world on this tour that we went on. And one of the things we got to see was this beautiful painting of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And this is whatever, if you ever go, this is what it looks like. You guys who've been, you know. Everybody. Everybody looks like this. Mouth open. Hopefully no flies are there. Like that. I, I, and I was like, yeah, man. and then I was the same way. I was like, oh my God, wow. That's amazing. Masterpiece. But you know what no one does? Those pictures, those paintings, how they just came to be on their own. And aren't they glorious all by themselves? Nobody says that. Said no one ever. They look at the skill, the craftsmanship, the painstaking hours of Michelangelo as he did what he did to leave one of the greatest masterpieces of human history for people to enjoy. The scaffolding, the stuff falling in his eyes, everything, all that process, people look and say, wow, the creator. Some of y'all didn't get it yet. They look at that and they say, what workmanship by Michelangelo? They don't give glory to the painting. They give glory to the creator of said painting, that masterpiece. So I want you to think that through when you consider every area of your life as you grow in Christ, as you look to glorify Christ, and then as you get up to go for Christ. Remember, this is the sentiment from that word, workmanship. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So my question this morning is, are you walking in them? For some of you today, it's stuff you need to repent of, because there's areas where you need to repent and get to walking to glorify the Lord. Some of you, there's actions of your life. Maybe it's business. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's how you raise your kids. But you need to say, how can I glorify you in this matter, Lord? And some of you know you've been sitting on your hands too long not doing anything to go for Jesus, to speak the word to somebody else, to disciple someone, to pray for someone, to love on someone, to meet a need. Which one is it for you? Maybe it's a few. But as we get ready to pray this morning, that's what I want you to have as the question in your mind. Realizing you are God's masterpiece. And don't let the world sidetrack you, because here's what the world sidetracks you. You're just so awesome, do whatever you want. You see how the enemy is so skillful at taking pieces of God's word and twisting it. So what the world's telling you is, girl, as long as you feel good about it, just do it. Because you're the masterpiece and you're so awesome. You see how we miss it? It's actually submitted to the Lord in his ways and in his works and by his spirit that we then live out what we're created to do and be who we're created to be. And then therefore we glorify the master. Because you know what wouldn't be masterful? Put that picture back up there for me, please. Is if we started about cutting this section on the left here, not even the whole painting, just half of it. 
broke it up in some pieces, repasted it over somewhere else, and then took a marker and added some stuff in there that we wanted to. That's us today. That's messed up, ain't it? As it is, what we try to do is humanity. God, we're going to adjust. We're going to adjust it to what we like, make it the way that we feel like it would go well. We got to say, what is glorifying and honoring to you, God? And I want to I want to live in that. I want to live in the light as you are in the light. Come on, stand with me today. I want to leave you with this. Let us shine for Christ and express God's workmanship through our lives. Again, we said in the way that we grow, in the way that we glorify him, and in the way that we go. So this morning, there's some of you, I'm going to start off with those of you who have not yet received the saving work of Jesus, if that's you today. And we're going to pray either way because people watch this online, they watch it afterwards. Go ahead and bow your heads today. So if this is you, you have never yet received what verse 8 and 9 in that chapter talk about. By grace, you're saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. I want to offer you that today. As, as a messenger from the Lord. So if that's you and you've not yet received the saving work of Jesus in your life, not for real, you've not yet received it, put a hand up and we want to pray with you before we move on a little further. If that's anybody in here this morning, okay? Now, anybody online, I want to do this for anybody who may see this afterwards. Okay? All right. I'm believing. Everyone is a believer in here, so now this next part's for you. All right, but we are going to say this prayer for anyone who needs to receive this online as they may hear this recorded. Say, Father God, I thank you that I am created in Christ Jesus for good works. Thank you for the work of the cross to cleanse me from my sin and set me on the right course. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. I believe you're my Lord. I believe you're my Savior. I want to serve you all the days of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now the next two. I want to ask the prayer team to come on down front. And here's where I want you to focus in. If you know in those two areas, the first two that we talked about, that you have something you need to get right. You got a sin you need to repent of. You got a sin you're struggling with. You need help with something in your life. If you need healing in an area, come on. Come on down. One of these prayer warriors will stand with you. The second one is you know there's an area of your life that you've just kind of lived it however you felt like. And it might not even be sinful, but you just aren't submitting it to the Lord as worship. You're not looking to glorify him in the best way that you can in that area. I want you to come and ask somebody to agree with you and just speak over that and just seal that, declaring, God, this is yours. My life in every area and every way is yours. Come and get prayed for for that. And the last one, you know you need to go. You haven't been going effectively and you need to go. Whether it's coming and meeting with one of the ministries here, whether it's people in your workplace, in your neighborhood, a family member that you're supposed to reach out to, speak the word to, whether it's somebody you're supposed to take and disciple and bring under your wing, come, get prayed for. All right? Any of those three areas, I want to invite you this morning to come, receive ministry, receive prayer as we worship a little bit more together. All right?
So I'm going to pray and then be released to come. Father, thank you for your word. I'm declaring it goes forth speedily. I'm declaring it goes forth and doesn't return void. I'm declaring it's being watered by the Spirit in the lives of everybody in this house today to produce growth which glorifies and which honors you and declares your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We bless you and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.